Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. I'm Tyler, and as always, my co-host, Ryan and Nick. I'm the Bicentennial Man. We've had 100 episodes, and I'm back, and you can't keep me down. <laughs> He's that creepy golden version of Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's without a soul. The only yeah, thing. Yeah, soulless. <laughs> soulless. <laughs> only at the very end. Wait, bicentennial is two hundred years, right? Yeah, yeah you, you did the math okay. wrong, but that's all right. Yeah. Masked on okay. his strong suit. <laughs> centennial man, whatever. They call this archaeology. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man. All right. So today we're doing Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which was Nick's pick. I mean, y- y- we all knew this was going to be Nick's pick. So yeah, it was, was going to happen. That's right. <laughs> Your mother's yeah. a cow. <laughs> that's that's I remember dead my right now. Alex Trebek, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's two dead right now. Alex Trebek and then Sean Connery. So. It is Wait, our we... first Indiana Jones, right? This is the first one. Yeah, this is our yeah. first Indiana right. Jones. Do you say You're Alex welcome. Trebek died? You're welcome, Talking yeah. Flick. You're welcome, America. You didn't know Alex Trebek died? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Are you serious? You, know, yeah, that that out. you don't uh, want to admit to yeah. America that you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait. I did know that. It was a couple of weeks ago, right? Like, yeah, it was like two or three weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, two or three weeks oh, died. Yeah, shoot, man, that's yeah. <laughs> he, fi- he finally died. I don't know who they're going to get for uh, Jeopardy now, but yeah, he had what stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh, so, he did. Yeah. He fought pancreatic that's cancer for a long time, actually. Yeah, so you had Alex Trebek, you've got uh, Sean Connery, then of course uh, Black Panther recently died of cancer too as Chadwick well. Chadwick Boseman, so, unbelievable. How did uh, how did Sean Connery die? Just old age or? It was heart failure, but he, I think he had dementia for a little bit of, uh, toward the end there also. So yeah, it was sort of sad. Oh man, that's wild. But a legend. A yeah. lot, lot of legends Definitely. in 2020. If, you, yeah. if you're a sports fan, there are a lot of sports people that died in 2020 also. 2020, just a tough, tough year. Yeah. Yeah. First celebrities even dying left and right. So. Yep. Well, Tyler, I hear they're just like us. What? <laughs> even with all that money? That's yeah. sweet, even sweet. after they drank from the grill? That doesn't sound right. That's <laughs> so you, you. So you're telling me, okay? So this is the prequel to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I didn't. This know is the that. prequel to Da Vinci Code. So <laughs> it proves that that theory is false. <laughs> I I always thought that Sean Connery is immortal because he saved the shaman man. <laughs> yeah. That's not, oh yeah. That's no. Call. <laughs> that's only when he's in Africa. Only when he's on. Uh, uh, yeah, on the land of the soil, right? <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> he, he's immortal. He lives on in our hearts. Yeah, that's true. So, is this your favorite Indiana Jones, Nick, or is this for, uh, for me? Second? Not to uh, not to spoil it. This is my favorite Indiana Jones. It's one of my favorite, if not the favorite, sequel of all time. And I also think it's my favorite casting decision ever made by Hollywood. And your second favorite is Kingdom of Crystal Schools, right? That is correct. <laughs> yeah. My second favorite, yep. And then yeah. your my second, second favorite, favorite is Solo, uh, a, a, a oh, Star yeah. Wars story. <laughs> your second favorite casting decision of all time, Shia LaBeouf. As, Shia LaBeouf, uh, yep, <laughs> young Indy. Yeah. Young, what was his another, name? Another I forget his name. Man. His name was like Newt or something. I can't remember. Was it really Newt? No, That's Mutt. Weird. It was Mutt. It was mine. Really? That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. That is weird. His name is Shia. All right. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's an excellent. It's a thing mind. to bring up, though, Tyler. I wonder about this, and I I don't know that I have an answer in all my years of movie watching. You know, I think about it like sports a little bit. I know you nerds don't like sports, but the reality of like, I always think like Brett Favre or Tom Brady, people criticize those guys for playing late in their careers into their 40s. And I say, look, play the game as long as you can, right? At some point, you're going to have to stop. Don't listen. If you play poorly, it doesn't matter. Play as long as they want you to or pay you to play. For a movie, though, 
I think when you have something like the Crystal Skull, which obviously isn't that great, does it tarnish the legacy of everything else? I, I wonder about that, and I don't know that I know the answer. I don't think it does. I mean, of course, we're not here to talk about the Kingdom Crystal Skull because that's got its own mess of problems. Do you, do know, you think but... you don't think that the extra Star Wars stuff that's crappy has sullied the legacy of Star Wars? It kind of feels like it has. Uh, whenever I see something good Star Wars, though, I appreciate it a little bit more because I know there's <laughs> yeah, more shit out there now. I think that's true, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so it made after... me feel better about it already. <laughs> I will say the first 40 minutes of Crystal Skull, it's not that bad. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's something, all right. My favorite once, is when you once the monkey vines monkeys. start coming in. That's when the problems show up. That's when it gets me on board. Is right there. That's <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that another medium should or have the right to destroy how you felt about the original property. Yeah, with with other iterations that come out, that's its own thing. Maybe as a whole, and make you look at it lower. But the original movies, you're going to enjoy that the same way that you saw it in the first place. It, it's it's an expectation game and a nostalgia game, as we've pointed out on the pod many times. I, I actually. I'm very fond of Ghostbusters 2. Uh, not even the cast of Ghostbusters 2 likes that movie that much, but I like it. Is it Ghostbusters 1? Definitely not, but I still really appreciate that movie. So I think you can look at it from both ways. Unfortunately, as a critic, you're gonna you're always gonna compare it to what came before. Yeah, because I think even before uh, Crystal Skulls came out, they considered Temple of Doom was you know I guess the worst one in the franchise. It which was I don't think yeah. is Temple that of Doom bad. was legitimately panned. That was 84. Uh, Raiders was 81. This was 89. So I know that the the long stay between Doom and Crusade, Lucas and Spielberg always wanted it to be a trilogy was because the critics were a little bit harsh on Temple of Doom. Yeah, so this was definitely like his redemption, you know, for it. And I think even uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, it was going to be uh, something Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. Yeah. So where it was going to take this, place in Africa. And Absolutely. And this is one of those mansion. films that the script went through the car wash a million times. And I, I point this out not so much to, to talk about the writers as much this time, but more so to say that Lucas is a huge alpha and Spielberg is a huge alpha. And you can just see like Lucas wants all this fantastic stuff. And Spielberg's yeah. like, no, let's introduce his father. Let's have like a child. Let's have him get married, like all this normal stuff. And the fight between them, Tyler always says lightning in a bottle. I don't know how they got there. If you read like the, the different versions of the script, which there are millions of monkey kings and aliens and uh, all sorts of weird holy grail stuff. Um, but, uh, what they ended up to was lightning in a bottle with that fight. And I think that's fascinating. I think crystal skull is the downside of that version where he's like aliens and he's like, no, let's get him married and have a son. And you know, that, that conflict is always crazy in this case, though, Spielberg, which is a big father, son guy. So many of his movies are father, son stuff. I think that, um, that was huge. That piece winning that part of the argument with Lucas was huge. Yeah, because the one thing, of course, I noticed with this movie is, you know, he has that love interest, you know, for those first two, and even for Kingdom Crystal Skulls with this. Alice Duty interest, is lovely yeah, in this it, movie. She is lovely. It, she was from a she, Beauty Kill. She was in a Bond movie. She's no love interest. Are you yeah, serious? exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. You know, it's. <laughs> I don't like love. fast women. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. The, the love interest in this, it takes a back seat where it's more of that father son thing. And, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You know, but there, come on, man. The part where they both they both sleep with her, it's fucking amazing. It's one of the <laughs> greatest things ever written. He's like, I like the Austrian way better. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Um, You're yeah. old enough to be your father. You're old enough to be your grandfather. <laughs> I think even. Uh, when, when Sean Connery is only about 
12 years older than uh, Harrison Ford, I think, in real life. Of course, it is. A, it is but... a fascinating thing. Connery was born in 1930. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when you think <laughs> about when this was 1989, Ford was born in 42. So there's 12 years difference. So in 89, Connery is what is he? 50. He's 59. Right. Those James Bond movies, they take a toll on you. All right. Yeah, so yeah. just ask but Daniel Craig. Ford is, uh, he's uh, 47. <laughs> so the idea that Connor, you know what? If anybody was going to have a baby at 12, it's probably Connery. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. One of the Bond girls, too, as well. So. I will say that. Did you guys watch this on Netflix? Yeah, I, did, I watched yeah, it on I Netflix. Did. All three they did, are on Netflix. Yes, they yeah, are. They I watched are. the beginning of Crystal Skull after I finished this one because it they just did. automatically started. They did a really good job in like, because this was made in 1989. Is that correct? Yeah, they did a really good job of polishing it up. It looked really good in terms of like HD quality and like the clarity of the video. It looked really nice. Yeah. And also too, like the action holds up as well because you got that opening scene with young Indiana Jones, River Phoenix. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that was good. Joker's brother. And so I love that. Yeah. And I, I, I always loved uh, River Phoenix even before that because he was in a movie called The Explorers with Ethan Hawke uh, that I liked a lot, a little sci-fi kids movie. But he was unbelievable as young Indy. And it's just another uh, reminder that it's devastating that we lost him because he would have had a crazy good career. Yeah, Don't I really like Stand him. by me. Yeah. Stand by me was unbelievable, too. Yeah, you're right. I really liked him because his name is so cool. River Phoenix. That it's is a great a Hollywood name, name right? <laughs> yeah. Plus he had the cool hair, right? And it yeah, shows you how yeah. he gets the scar on the chin, which everybody likes to talk about. So I did appreciate that. Plus you get the snakes and then you get the rats. There's a lot and of like hat. two sides of the coin in this movie. And that's very Spielberg. But I think it fits with what uh, Lucas wanted, which was like this crazy, fantastic serial cartoon or so, serial comic that he was always shooting for. So we're going into it really quickly, but I do want to ask you guys, how do you feel about the things that are coming into canon? That's how these come into play. Like his name is not really Indiana and it comes um, from a dog you know, for and me, all that. So for me, I'm this is my favorite Indiana Jones. And I don't know that I loved Raiders as much as everybody else. And I don't think I loved temple of doom as much as everybody else so i knew him in the cultural zeitgeist more than i did in those movies this was the first one that really touched my soul and then i went backwards and appreciated it more i don't really ever think of indiana jones even to this day as like a star wars or a lord of the rings where there's this all this backstory going on i do kind of think of it like lucas would want me to as a serial sort of episodic and I, uh, I do appreciate it for that reason. So that stuff is interesting to me, but I think I didn't like something like the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I think was early 90s TV, mm-hmm. where like I have to go back and see everything he did when he was a kid. That's, that really never interested me that much. Yeah, because I think even like the inspiration for Indiana Jones, it was James Bond was a big inspiration. It was inspiration. Bond. Spielberg and wanted to why... do a Bond movie. He just couldn't yeah. get permission. Yeah. Yeah. And so and that's why they were able to even, you know, that's why they wanted Sean Connery to come in for this role too as and well. The casting, almost... the casting director of uh, Never Say Never Again, which was that last Connery movie he did, is uh, one of the casting directors of this movie. So, so again, as Tyler always points out, lightning in a bottle, they got lucky, the right people in the right room, and they nailed it. As I always point out, lightning in a bottle. And <laughs> yep. That's one of the key say phrases this movie that Tyler fine. always says. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, that is lightning in a bottle. <laughs> but, but, but what I was trying to get at is, okay, for example, we talked about this in uh, Captain Marvel, where Samuel L. Jackson, his character, what was it again? Uh, Nick, uh, Nick Fury? Nick Fury, yes, exactly. <laughs> of course. The, the titular Nick Fury, he gets a scar on his eye because he got 
that's he get he, oh he yeah from a cat. so the idea of these small tidbits becoming canon because that shows the background in this movie how do you feel about I, that like I is it kind of fine. campy is kind of cheesy or are you kind of like oh i that's, that's my clever, response that's to that is look the reality of that is if you're having fun that stuff uh is just a little icing on the cake i don't you know it's not something that like you know tickles the soul it's just more like oh, okay cool you know yeah i think it's fine too because this is like one of the originals that kind of did that where it showed oh here's how he got his scar <laughs> as compared to like now we get a bunch of movies where it's here's how he got his cool jacket right. or his yeah. cool motorcycle yeah, like, do we really <laughs> exactly. need that but, but with that because i think you know like nick said you know you're having fun you get that whole chase scene with you know young indiana jones you know where he's a boy scout just running through everything with was it the cross of coronado i think it is cross yeah. of coronado, cross of coronado. Yeah, cross that belongs coronado, in a museum yeah. just like tyler yeah <laughs> <laughs> whoa hey there <laughs> <laughs> because you lost I'm so today, precious. kid, but you don't have to like it. <laughs> that guy's great too. That's Richard Young playing the fedora guy. That guy's amazing. Obviously... So you get a little inspiration. Indy looks up to that guy to a certain extent because that's what he ends up looking like down the road. Yeah, yeah. that was but... his one thing. Cool outfit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I dig the leather jacket. I, I Nick, you, I think you pointed out and you got it correct. Is that as long as you're having fun? We weren't having fun, in Captain Marvel. Nah, <laughs> not as true. much. We I had were. a little bit of fun. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit of fun. yeah not <laughs> as much. I had fun complaining. Okay, so yeah, that right. was, <laughs> in a in a sense, I had fun with it. I so. didn't think the Kroll guys were going to be so like uh, comedic. <laughs> that um, was coming off guard. You know <laughs> I I didn't think that this movie. Okay, so I full disclosure, I have to admit to you, this is the first Indiana Jones movie that I. Watch. ever seen yeah that i've ever seen i think i've watched bits and pieces of other movies and i know what goes on um but this is like the first time that i've sat down and watched it from beginning to the end and there's a lot more slapstick than i expected like they're it's not funny. all like that and i would ask tyler you've seen them all right tyler? yeah i've seen them all so with the proper order for to introduce somebody to indiana jones what would you say it is uh i would probably still say raiders Raiders first. I don't, des- don't t- totally disagree with that. If I didn't, if I didn't like the person, I'd say definitely Kingdom of Crystal Skull. It's the, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that is the one you want to go to first. Watching backwards. So, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely Raiders, and even kind of like timeline too as well. Where I know some people have talked about with Temple of Doom, where that works better as a prequel, like you know chronologically as far yeah, as it does. Indiana yeah. Jones. I but, think if, mm, I don't think of it necessarily like that, but I think you're right about that chronologically. Yeah. And also too, like especially because you know uh, Steven Spielberg, he's coming off the back of Temple of Doom. He wants to do something different indiana jones but he wants to redeem himself are you guys fine that he went you know kind of back to the nazis you know he went i'm back totally to i love the nazis <laughs> i hate these guys i fucking hate those yeah. guys so yeah. i love it and, and it's fitting right some things are like it's good the callback works perfectly i also think because uh temple of doom was a darker film it this works it, this one is by far the most comedic in tone and i think that because the callbacks are you know, playing homage in, I think it really was intended to be the last one of the trilogy. I think that's why they sort of tie it all up in a nice bow at the end also. Um, but I would go Raiders, Crusade, and then if you feel like it, do Doom and skip Crystal Skull. I do think that, okay, so this movie was two hours long, and yep. I feel like they needed to set up, the, there was too much setup. They needed to set up the relationship with Indy and his dad and all of that. Um, so they were thinking, you I know didn't what? feel that way. I well, thought well, like they were, I could have used some more X marks well, the spot, baby. Well, I'm not saying that it, it was enough, but what I'm saying is that it's two hour movie. They needed a bad guy that uh, like all the audience will be like, oh, yeah, they're bad guy. We don't have to set up that they're the bad guy. We'll just make them Nazis. And 
whatever happens to them, the audience won't feel bad that uh, they died. I sort, of, I sort of like the layers of bad guys. The one thing I would say, if you're saying there's too much, maybe like the double crossing, double crossing over and over again is a little bit wonky. They revisit that in Crystal Skull. I don't know which one, Lucas or Spielberg, loves the double cross, but it's not really necessary in these movies. That can yeah. get a little bit wonky. You got the Coronado cross. You got the double cross. Yeah. Is there a triple cross? <laughs> Elsa is a double cross. <laughs> Technically, cross. Walter Donovan is a double cross because he hires him and then he turns on him. Then you have the Nazis in the background. Obviously, the Nazis in, are not there. In his defense, he did say, don't trust anybody. Yeah, so, I get it. You I know, he you. did. Yeah. As soon as he said, it's like, okay, this guy's going to screw Indy over, like, for sure. And of course. So, yeah, of course. And it but, works out perfectly. And, and, if he, and if Indy did do that and didn't trust anyone, then it would have messed up his entire plan. <laughs> He does have a all... thing for blondes. He trusts her even after the fact, which is dumb. That's uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, really it's a little know. weird. I, I like, even, <laughs> yeah. even uh, was it even towards like that final scene? You know where you know she's trying to reach for the grill and everything, and he feels bad that she died. But I mean, does he have that sort of same attachment in Temple of Doom and kind of uh, Raiders of Lost Ark? You I think know, in Raiders, there's that. some of that with Karen Allen. In Temple of Doom, I would say less so, but maybe a little bit. You know. And I, I kind of don't feel that this is like earned. Like I don't feel bad that like uh, that she died. Well, she's I mean, a Nazi. He, I yeah, mean, I guess yeah, not yeah definitely. To feel bad. She's yeah. a Nazi, but why does why does Indiana Jones feel, like feel bad? Like their connection. They do show her pain. getting emotional when they're burning the books, and I do think that that's an important part there. But Indiana Jones wasn't there for that. He didn't see that emotion, so like it doesn't. It's not like he knew that she was turning. The audience members definitely knew that, but Indiana didn't know. Well, yeah. they went she, through some oh, emotional experiences, you know. That was another double cross. <laughs> she's just kind of like, oh, drink this cup. This is the right cup right here, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I, think, I don't know that the one. first few times I watched it did I realize that she went out of her way to do that. Um, I think that becomes clearer as I got older. Mm. Yeah, because I, I can't remember, like, what her motivations are. I think it's purely just to have it. And, of course, she even with it. her character, you know, at the end, you know, the greed is, you know, the ultimate come up with, you know, for these characters. But even at the end too, where the guy says, don't leave it. Don't cross the mark. She was <laughs> there to hear that. And then what did she do? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like, what did he say? He said, you're good. As long as you don't cross the mark. Absolute and then power corrupts. Mark. Absolutely. It, it is funny today. though. <laughs> it is funny though. At the end with the third brother, he looks at Indiana Jones as if, Oh, great. I've spent so long here. Now someone's going to take my place and yeah, guard it. Yeah. Uh, they, I do appreciate uh, that. The Holy Grail. But then they leave him there to, in this crumbling temple. <laughs> so Indiana Jones didn't take his place. So I bet um, uh, the third brother is like, oh, well, I guess now I have to spend the rest of whatever eternity in this in this broken down temple. <laughs> but that's not boy. that unusual for Indiana Jones. The one the one thing with Indiana Jones versus some other films about archaeology that have come out over the years is that he sort of is destructive. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant was destructive. The Temple of Doom was also destructive to a certain extent. So yeah, but I think it's at I, least in line with the character. But I feel more bad for the the brother that like you know the the. Well, I think guardian he wanted of, to die. Seven hundred years, he's about ready. Yeah, to yeah, go. definitely, he wanted to die, but he's not going to die because he has to continue to guard that temple now because. Uh... The way the way that he looked at Indiana Jones when he came was like, oh, someone finally worthy to take my spot. Oh, you're not taking my spot and I have to stay here. Oh, well, that sucks. And then he just goes down with the temple that I feel more He's bad. The most for worthy, him. man. That's what happens to the most worthy. <laughs> I guess I guess it's sort of implied because, you know, the the grail is, is lost forever. Right. The, the floor opens up. It's gone. Indy lets go of it, of course, as soon as, you know, his dad calls him Indiana. 
finally, you know, after Indiana, so many times, let it like, go. It's, yeah. Let it go. And Tyler, it's on the ledge. It's just <laughs> right there. It's not like it got crushed. It's not like the I can earth reach it, closed Dad. back up. I can reach it. <laughs> I'm so, pretty certain that the guy, like, as they were leaving, because he was staring at him, was like, where are you going? Come on. You, you, need a, you need to stay here. You're taking my spot. Aren't you, Indiana Jones? Nope. So now, once they leave and all the rubble isn't cleared, that guy is going to go down to the ledge and pick it up and it's like i guess i have to watch it for another 700 years <laughs> this is the worst job yeah, leaving a bad review on glass door. yeah every time somebody finds it this happens yeah i keep on telling him don't leave the seal so <laughs> and then i have to clean up this whole entire mess <laughs> so as far as like you know with indiana jones movies was this the most successful financially or was it kind of better than temple of doom or not as good as raiders of the lost ark i'm pretty sure kingdom of crystal skulls is probably the worst financially but Nick, actually kingdom of the, the crystal numbers. skull made the most money if you don't adjust for inflation so it is a little bit wonky so you want the numbers tyler so 1989 was a really big movie year for me personally and i also think it was a big movie year for hollywood it starts to turn on the blockbuster that's batman which we covered on the pod before a lot of sequels that year back to future 2 ghostbusters 2 lethal weapon 2 little mermaid so the turn of disney getting back into the game theatrically also showed up so it was a big year for movies domestically batman was number one and indy was number two but worldwide indiana jones and last crusade was number one and batman was two um it made 197 us 277 international for 474 adjusted for inflation it's the 115th highest grossing movie of all time in terms of adjusted for inflation it is the most successful indiana jones movie um so that's pretty crazy it certainly turned a profit um, it is not the highest rated critically, unfortunately, although it comes dang close, right? So Raiders ranks the highest critically. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade critic was 88%. Anybody want to guess the audience? Oh, probably in the 90s. Probably like 80s. It's actually 94% audience. Ah, so okay. Raiders was like 95 critic, 95 audience, give or take. And uh, Crusade is 88 critic, 94 audience. So Doom and Crystal Skull obviously both rank a little bit lower. So certainly a success, right? I would I would argue it's one of it's just another blockbuster checklist off of uh, Spielberg and Lucas's resume. Yeah, because I think even still, like out of all of them, this one is still by far the funniest. You know, and I think that's definitely one strength to it. To it is its comedic tone because almost every joke in this, you know, it lands. And even kind of when they talk about like X marks the spot in the beginning with Indiana Jones, you know, when he's in his uh, class, he's like, there's yeah. never an X marks the spot, yeah. but it comes back later. It's like, oh shit. I 90% guess of archaeology is done in the classroom. All right. X never marks the spot. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to go on big adventures here, <laughs> but also the juxtaposition of Connery, the school, the professor, basically the bookworm, the obsessed with the one thing versus Indy, who's already presumably been on multiple adventures. And like, he's like, you know, you call this archaeology, like, what about the boat? What about the boat? You know, like he just can't yeah. concept what's happening, you know, this fast action <laughs> adventure thing. And that is brilliant. And by the way, you can't, you got to look at these things in the capsule at a time. In 89, Connery is still a big star, right? So you're asking Connery to take a step back, to be the father figure, to be not the hero. Everybody's expecting him to kick ass. He was Bond for Christ's sake for a long time, right? So that is, again, just another brilliant piece of using somebody's persona uh, to get to the character that is on the script, you know, which I think is just another example of why this is brilliant, brilliant casting.
about to complete a great quest. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. Oh, rats. <laughs> this is it. Look. The shield is the second marker. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. <laughs> but for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! Ah! A race across three continents. And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. Hang on, Dad! We're going in! Into the homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. Our situation has not improved. In his search for the Holy Grail. How dare you kiss me? Even kind of just back to the comedy too, and just even the whole dynamic between you know Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Just it's the little things, you know, like of course with uh, Sean Connery when he uses the umbrella to kind of you know scare the birds or the seagulls yeah. into crashing the airplane. Yeah, sure. Can we talk about that? Then... <laughs> Can we talk about that? All yeah, right. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. This is the movie when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's why they have those disclaimers at the end of movies that say no animal was harmed during the filming of what this movie. What about the movie. rats? You feel like they stepped yeah. on a couple of rats. The rats, the snakes, there were so many yeah. animals that I was thinking, oh my goodness, they are just trampling over these animals. And then, um, I know it didn't happen, it was all fake, but he literally scares a bunch of birds to fly into a, a, an airplane and they all die. The plane crashes, and then Sean Connery walks away with a smug look on his face. Like, look what I did. I just killed a bunch of birds and a Nazi. <laughs> I think uh, my favorite has got to be when, you know, they're, they're both held captive right after Sean Connery, you know, smacks a vase right over Indiana Jones's head. Oh, and, yeah. I love so that the Nazis scene. Come the and, we got to spend some time yeah. on the introduction. It's so smart. And then he's like, don't call me Junior, you know? I yeah, love the part and even where they just, talk about... First of all, the diary, the comic timing of those two, two seasoned actors, obviously two alphas in the room. And he's like, uh, taking it. I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. You don't have a diary on you, right? I sent it to you. So it would be millions of miles away. My son's not an idiot. He wouldn't just bring it back. And he's like, uh, dad, <laughs> it's in my pocket. I think, I think the thing with that scene, what's always funny is just kind of too with Indiana Jones, where he grabs a gun. He just kills about what, like five or six Nazis right there. Yeah. And yeah. John Connery is just like, Junior, oh my God, he just killed men in Indiana yeah, Jones. In like, yeah, he's in shock. Yeah, cold blood. Just a normal day. Yeah, just a normal <laughs> yeah. day. Just killed six guys he in says, front of my dad. He says, you know? he says like, uh, I've never been shot at before, and he's like, it happens to me all the time, Dad. You know, it's just like this constant, just moving forward of the story. Uh, because again, you don't get that unless you have the other two films. You have to earn that stuff. And when you know, if producer Ryan says some some of the stuff's not earned, you have to have you have to know about the Indiana Jones character before you get here, right? Sometimes I think this movie's good enough where it, it, it intrigues you enough to go back because you like this character so much and now you want to see the other two films. But most people that saw this movie saw the other two films before this one. And I think there's a perfect balance between the tone in Raiders and the tone in Temple that gets you this sort of family-friendly sort of uh, Last Crusade movie. 
you're putting words in my mouth. I said what wasn't earned was the death of the love interest, the quote unquote love interest. I didn't feel anything. Right, but we her. talk about this a lot on the pod where things are earned or unearned, right? So yeah. how intriguing I didn't think is the that, Indiana Jones character? I, I didn't think that was earned. I didn't say anything else about Indiana Jones. The second thing I wanted to say was that um so the dad is supposed to be like a professor or whatever, the bookworm and, and all of this is like new to him, but he didn't seem that it was a big deal that Nazis captured him. <laughs> like it was just another day for him when the Nazis kidnap him. And then when his son comes to save him, he's like, Oh, whatever. I'm going to like, it was world war two, <laughs> Ryan. All right. Nazis yeah. were capturing everybody, you know, scientists, <laughs> he, archaeologists, there everyone. Are these, the there are these moments of pause where he basically explains like what's going on. If this falls into the hands of the Nazis, that's it, man. That's game over. Yeah, so yeah. he does understand the gravity of it, but he's not used to the adventure side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've also even... like the 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 great chemistry between Marcus Brody and Henry Jones is freaking brilliant. Um, you know, Marcus Brody's Den uh I think is Denholm Elliott. I love that guy. That guy's got a great face and he's a great uh character actor. He's great in this movie and they have like these little side pieces where it's just him and uh Sean Connery together and they have these like you know, these playful sort of banter. And I think that, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Of, the pen is mightier than the sword. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The they do this, they do this little dance in front of each other. Yeah. yeah it's pretty it's funny. Like, yeah. That stuff is think... great. It very it humanizes it in this, in, in the midst of all the adventure, you know, I think, I think, I think, of course, I think, of course, you know, leading back to that character as Marcus, it's funny where he's, you know, Indiana Jones just does one of the major bluffs with the Nazis. Like, he speaks five different languages. He's an expert in culture, all this stuff. Yeah. And the next no scene, does anybody speak English here? And he's just <laughs> so lost and has no yeah. idea. <laughs> and then you get Salah, who was in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That guy is great. Yeah. John Reese Davis, uh, mm. Davies. And he's unbelievable. Even his small part, you know, just a bit player that shows up. The rumor is he shows up in Indy 5. I hope that's true. Are we still getting an Indy 5? Is that still... Uh, who knows? James Mangold is now attached to direct, not Spielberg. So I'm wondering if it's going to happen or not, but we'll see. COVID yeah. impacts everything, but my hope is that it still happens even after. Maybe we can do a course correct after Crystal Skull. And of course, even after that whole scene, you know, where you have uh, Sean Connery and Indiana Jones, you know, where they're just tied up together and then they have the accidental fire that happens and they're just yeah. in that Gooby-Doo type of, you know, hallway <laughs> thing that just keeps on flipping around. Oh, it's and, brilliant. And I, the lady right. turns around. I like. It's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she just yells alarm. Like, I like I like the comedy in it, but it, w- it definitely wasn't expected. I didn't think that there was so much slapstick in this movie because when I thought of Indiana when Jones. When he shoots the back of the plane, it's fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah, Junior, they hit us. <laughs> no, and, and they, they, it's great. I think the comedy in it is great and it lands, but it just was a little bit jarring for me because growing up, like, again, I only saw bits and pieces of the Indiana Jones series and I've heard all these different things. So I just thought he was just like James Bond, as you guys mentioned, that this was like a homage or whatever, or like a replication of James Bond. But instead of a secret agent, he is an archaeologist. That's what I thought. He was just smooth and debonair. Yeah. And then I didn't expect all the slapstick, which was welcomed. I enjoyed it. I just it just threw me for a loop in the beginning. Yeah, I don't see it. Do you see it, Tyler? Do, I don't have a direct correlation of Indy versus Bond. I don't think it's that similar. Yeah, I just um, I, I think it's. In a, in a way, like as far as action movies go, I can see the similarity between them, mm-hmm. but they're both kind of, I think, in their own little pockets. Yeah, you know, like yeah. what you talked about, they don't have so much lore behind them. You can really just watch them and have fun with it. 
And I like that, you know, and I talked about, you know, with the Nazis where Spielberg goes back into that. And we actually get to see an Adolf Hitler in this too, where it's just he the funniest thing. He diary. runs into him. Yeah, yeah, great, it, yeah. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. I'm like, it's wow. Brilliant. <laughs> it's not just I that they're characters in the movie. It's how you use them and the cleverness. Remember, this is before Schindler's List and everything. Like the cleverness of poking fun at them in that way was such a clever writing piece. I think that's brilliant. And and who would have thought that Hitler, with all the signatures that he has to write for all of his fans, ha- writes it so delicately and so legibly? <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty legible, yeah. <laughs> did we? Did anybody uh, fact check that? Is that what his signature looks like? <laughs> I'm pretty certain. I'm like 100% certain that's not it. <laughs> yeah, I don't collect Nazi memorabilia, Nick, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't... I <laughs> I'm not one of those people that have like a secret basement in their house and it's just filled with Nazi memorabilia. And... <laughs> uh, so, okay. Well, one thing also, like things move very quickly in this. Like there is a lot that they have to go through. They have to go through these different set designs. But I makes... like the pacing and the set pieces. I, yeah, mean, no, I really do. I really think it's effective. I agree with that. I, I think that's pretty good. But I do think that it was funny that they made such a big deal about going back to Berlin to get to the diary. And it just ends up being a piece of cake for them. They just grab it and then they leave. Like, But the whole setup, we're like, you, you're telling me you want to go back into the lion's den? You want, we're, we have the whole Nazi army right behind us and we're going to go to Berlin? Are you serious? I do, I do agree to <laughs> some extent like that is a plot device, uh, certainly, and it kind of feels like it in the moment. But yeah. also it does, and again, the script went through the car wash so many times, you could tell they were struggling there a bit. But to me, the flow <laughs> is very clean because it, it reemphasizes the importance of, look, it's not just about getting to the grail. It's what you yeah. have to do when you get there. That was yeah. also something that was sort of blown up in the many, many rewrites. It was one challenge and it was two challenges and it was three or whatever. And I think that makes for a better climax at the end of the film. And of course, we forget, you know, the uh, the protectors of the grail, too. You have that whole kind of not really subplot, but they're also yeah. just there. To there's help, enough. You know, there's enough them. there that it, and, like, you could see like it's convincing, you know. And I yeah. think even too with them, it's, you know, they blow up that entire area where, you know, you've got the oil leaking out. And it's just like you guys are protectors and you're just destroying, you know, all these ancient, <laughs> you know, all these ancient yeah. ruins and everything. Yeah. And, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but- that was actually, and again, not to continuously bring up the rewrites, but I'm always fascinated, especially with Indiana Jones on the rewrites. Those those guys, the Knights Templar Protectors or whatever they were called, Kazim and his crew, that was a much bigger piece of some of the earlier scripts. Yeah, And I still think they got enough in this one where it was like, you know, there was some cool stuff there, you know. Yeah, and and now that you mention all the rewrites, I can see it a little more like the scenes in that sense because there's uh, it does seem like there's jam packed. They have to go through a lot of things and they jump around a lot, so they need to find some way to connect these different scenes together. So right. I, I I definitely can see it now that you guys bring it up. Right, yeah, the through so- lines are clean, but I think ultimately when you put it all together, it's a beautiful package. Yeah, and I think this might be my favorite Indiana Jones as well. Oh, you know, boom! Um, You're welcome. It's 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 either got to be between this or Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I yeah. do like how they just have so many similarities. You got Nazis, you got religious yeah. artifacts, you got a big hunt going <laughs> on. You know, you got a big old find you got to do. But of course, I do like the father son dynamic in this a little bit better than the Marianne and you know Indiana Jones dynamic in Raiders of the Lost Ark. So mm. this one idea, grace, right? Just to interrupt for one second. This one idea about Bond and Indy. I think this movie breaks the cycle of sort of indie and a love interest, indie and a love interest. Yeah, there's Elsa in this movie, but really it's the father son movie. And I think that 
is what helps differentiate it from some of these other things we see like Bond. yeah and even too like the unexpected comedy it just really sets this up a little bit more because it is the funny, brilliant and I actors do like the and, and a reworked script really pull it off like you yeah. gotta get and credit even... to the casting and the actors and even too is just like no ticket and then everybody's pulling out their <laughs> oh, yeah. tickets you know like <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny that, that was pretty yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah so there's just there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of quotable stuff in it so i think i'm just gonna have to give this an eight because you know it's funny it's got the slapstick it's got the action to it as well i think it's a little bit more rewatchable maybe than raiders of the lost ark because i watched that one recently and it drags just in certain paces whereas this really moves along especially for a two-hour movie too so I'm going to give it an eight because I think it is more rewatchable just compared to all the other ones in the franchise. Uh, for me, I'm going to give it an 8.0 as well because I, I found it very enjoyable. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a good amount of action. First uh, introduction to Indiana Jones. Was it satisfying? Yes. Will you uh, watch more? Yes, I definitely will okay. because I do want to see like uh, you said that this has more slapstick. I kind of want to see more of a serious role also. I want to get yeah. that take. The darkest uh, one is Doom. The first one is closest to this one probably. Yeah, so I, I'd probably go into uh, Raiders and then into Temple of Doom. But still, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. The cast was great. There were some things that I'm kind of like uh especially the quote-unquote love interest i saw that the chemistry was there and i saw what they were going with but at the same time i had pretty no good german accent she's that. not german <laughs> not bad. Well, she's, because she's an actor nick gotcha. okay. <laughs> but uh definitely it's it's one of those things that uh, i found it hilarious in certain points whether it was intentional or unintentional i thought it was a welcome bit of comedy and uh, the action parts in it were very fun so i think eight is good probably i'll watch it again but not before i watch the other two yeah uh, and i think uh, that's probably the correct two. way to go about it yeah <laughs> i say yeah. the other two the because other we know is, like the... <laughs> I, said, I think crystal skull has some redeeming qualities although not enough <laughs> mm. <laughs> so for me obviously this is one of my favorite movies of all time it has been in my top 50 for as long as i can remember it has poked into my top 25 and an inch somewhere around my top 10 for some time. I think it's the perfect action adventure movies. And when you talk about Indiana Jones as like a legendary character, certainly of my youth, for me, he wasn't legendary till this movie, till you got the tone right, till you introduced Henry Jones Sr. I don't think he was this grand epic character for me. And ever since I saw The Last Crusade in 89 in the movie theater with my stepdad and the many, many times I've watched it after that, it has proven remarkably rewatchable. I think it's the last great effort between Lucas and Spielberg. It's probably the last great effort with the two together that we'll ever see, no matter how many other movies they make together, which probably won't be many. Um, I love this movie and I didn't get to point it out a lot during the episode, but the soundtrack of this movie is one of my favorite soundtracks ever. John Williams, if you just take out all the, turn turn the movie off and just listen to the sound, take out all the dialogue. It's just an incredible, it's like a, it's like a Mozart opera. It's so brilliantly done. Um, this movie's a 9.0 for me uh, on the Shawshank scale. And I think it's even got room to grow. The more I watch it, the more fun I have. And now that I've seen it again, I'm probably going to go back and watch Raiders tonight just because I, I love the character so much. It's an all-timer, an all-timer in terms of casting, an all-timer in terms of action adventure. And it's one of probably my top two, top three favorite Spielberg movies of all time. Mm. Now, uh, Indy 5, what do you think? Harrison Ford or recast and go younger? 
I still think Ford, um, because I don't think that you want to recast an Indiana Jones ever. I think they made that mistake with Solo and they should have learned their lesson. For some reason, these Harrison Ford parts, it's just not doable. Um, not not Solo, not Indy. What they could do is pass the torch on to somebody else, which I think is more Joaquin uh, Phoenix. More Give it to the brother. Yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> I so. I, I don't know if I totally hate that. He's probably too old for the part now. Uh, but something like that. I actually don't hate the idea of Shia LaBeouf coming back if they're going to try to do something like that. I know they won't. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the right answer is. The right answer is probably not to make another movie. Probably was not to make the fourth one to begin with. But they, look, in this movie, they literally ride off into the sunset. It was a perfect bookend <laughs> to a trilogy. And again, I don't want to say that uh, part four just sullies the whole legacy of Indiana Jones, but I do think it's flawed enough that it's problematic. And I worry about the next movie. I hope yeah. I still, I mean, it's got my money. I'm obviously going to go see it, but I'm nervous about what it's going to be. Yeah. Kingdom of Crystal Skulls is not doing it any favors, that's for sure. So uh, we're going <laughs> to move on to alien guy. The Crystal Skull, uh, the idea of it in the screenplay isn't awful. It's just that I think that it was the first time where Lucas and Spielberg, those alphas, just could not compromise, right? And it did not organically work. All right, so we're going to move on to our next segment, uh, recommendations. Is there anything you guys caught over the week or the weekend that you want to recommend or don't want to recommend? Well, I'm definitely still watching Mandalorian. Just a, a mild, mild spoiler. We finally see some laser swords, which is brilliant. Uh, so I enjoyed that. And uh, I saw two documentaries, both on HBO. One is called The Mystery of D.B. Cooper, and one is called Crazy Not Insane. And I won't even talk about them. I'll just say they're both thought-provoking <laughs> and well done. I do like D.B. Cooper. I saw Without a Paddle, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? That's there was a bar where I grew up called D.B. Cooper's. It was genius. And that was the first time I knew about that particular heist. So for myself, I caught a, quite a bit of uh, television. I, I actually caught on Netflix. It's a show called Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. And it you is... You stole mine! I did it? Did I steal yours? <laughs> yeah, everything's such... a drum. Everything's a drum. Everything's a drum. It's so hilarious. I don't know. Okay, so if you're a fan of like Tim and Eric or like, you know, those You guys random, are not like, choosing shows, a cup of a carpenter. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's, it's so freaking funny. It's so stupid, but it's only six episodes long. It has like, it's like 27 to 30 minutes each episode, but it's really hilarious. It, the executive producer was Ed Helms. And I you mean Egg Helms? <laughs> yes, Egg Helms. You guys think my name is Ed? <laughs> um, but there, it's so funny. Uh, it's just what so What is it, producer Ryan? Is it sketch comedy or what is it? Improv uh, mainly, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or it, sort, of, sort of improv and... Okay. When when they say that, like, the first episode, it starts it off, it makes it seem like it's like a kid's show for adults. Like, they have, like, the word of the day or the word of the week and stuff. And then the episode is, like, built off of that, uh, creating a bigger story and stuff. But everything is self-contained within each episode. And it definitely feels like improv. It's so funny. It's so stupid. And, like, it's just a good ride all the way through. <laughs> yeah. That one is my recommendation, too. I haven't caught the sixth episode yet, but oh, I... Except it's great, man. What are we yeah, watching this I, on? What uh, Netflix? Can, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so you can catch it on Netflix. And it's just the songs are great, man. Like, yeah. swat, swat, swat. You know, and it's <laughs> yeah. just, there's so many good moments. And if you talk, and it's funny how we talk about you build on things and when jokes are well-earned, it is so well-earned in that because it really builds with each episode, with every joke, with Morning Brown, everything. And it's got <laughs> such great songs, too, as well. But oh, yeah, man. definitely... Check out Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun that on Netflix. It is well worth the watch. But uh, are they thirty minute week, episodes? Yeah, uh, yeah, twenty twenty okay. to thirty ish. Yeah, it's okay, it's an right. easy That's watch. Feasible. Yeah, 
Okay. Definitely, uh, definitely. What are we watching next week, Ryan? It's your pick. Um, we were talking about it, and it is going to be Star Wars month. Oh, the long-awaited Star Wars month. And it's going to be my pick. So we were talking about, should we go to the very beginning? No, nah, I think we're going to save that, and we're going to go straight to Solo. Oh, <laughs> oh no. The worst so of the worst. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Nick, it's been a long time since you've seen it, so maybe this Not might change your mind. <laughs> long, long <laughs> but Childish Gambino's in this. Yeah, he is, and he oh, doesn't know right. what movie he's in. <laughs> or maybe he does. Does he? Ever? Hard to know, really. <laughs> he's he's a good actor. <laughs> he is a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Where can we find you at? Hey, if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. If you just want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D O T C O M. You can always find me at realwatchability.com, top 10 movies of the year, top 10 movies of all time. Uh, hit me up at Twitter at Real Watch, and it's taken the world by storm. Last week, we recast, rebooted Three Men and a Baby and covered some Thanksgiving favorites. Uh, East to West with Nick and Rob, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, and we're talking flick. You can always follow us on Twitter at flick underscore talking. If you really like us, you can leave a rating and review, whatever if podcast app you listen going to. going to rate us, only the penitent man will pass. <laughs> uh, we also have Patreon where you can donate any amount of money and get access to our We'll other take the content. cup of a carpenter, right? Yep. We'll take the gold one. Yeah. We'll take the gold one. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, the gold one. Even though it will kill us, but we'll, we'll drink take. out of it. We'll just you know, put it on a shelf. <laughs> I, I, think I'm, I think I'm done with living. Okay. Good. What if you just kept on drinking oh, out of them, chug as much as you can? So Yeah, uh, just all of them. <laughs> all of them. Mix it up. King's Cup or yeah. whatever that thing's called. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, I think the immortality will cancel it out. <laughs> I, sometimes, I sometimes wonder like if it was a uh, Monty Python style, like if the guy would snicker when guy grabbed one cup, you know, and make a face when the guy grabs another cup. Oh, yeah. They could have really went with a comedy routine there, you know? Definitely. That would have been good. But one thing also I wanted to bring up, like, so does that mean that Indiana Jones is immortal now? I think well, you he have to stay there it. and continuously drink out of it was the implication there. Oh, really? Okay. Because, yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he just drank it. And I was like, okay, that, so he's immortal. His, his, his dad's yeah, immortal. I think you have to stay there. <laughs> That's the price of immortality is what he said. That's kind of crappy, I guess. You got to yeah, stay in a this dark yeah. corner. Yeah, that's, yeah but that's you can make crappy. that place dope. You can put up a flat yeah, screen. you can put internet know? there. Wi-Fi <laughs> going. Yeah, I don't think Cox Cable. I don't think Jeff Bezos would have out there yet. Is that a thing for you guys? I would never want to live forever. Um, yeah, that sounds terrible. I wouldn't want to live forever. Awful, yeah, <laughs> it'd be cool for a little while, I think. So a little while, but once you, yeah, Tyler wanted so. There's once you make that choice, it's forever. It's not a little while, so you can't just end it right after. You're like, all right, this sucks. <laughs> I'm sure just you you can shoot him in the of, head. I see if that works. Yeah, shoot him in the head. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, cut no. his head off. <laughs> uh, wood chipper, Ryan. Obviously, wood, wood chipper, chipper yeah. always does it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stick Go leg down your pants. There's there's no way that doesn't. Leg first. Yeah. Leg yeah, first. Wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it right. All right. Uh, that's the show. We'll have the link in the description for everybody's stuff. That's the show, guys. I have very so, fond memories of that dog. <laughs> got lost cool. in his own museum. Uh, huh? <laughs> I got 46 minutes, almost 47. So there we go. Yeah. That should be good. <laughs> yeah, 47 minutes here, also. And I, what is I'm, that? It's the Ark of the Covenant. You sure? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm Pretty stopping positive. recording.